0: You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast, the best place for OKC Thunder basketball, a part of 107.7 The Franchise Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is Brady Trantham. Um, Yes, yesterday we took the day off. (laughs) We uh, had quite a few shows in a short amount of time last week. Um, I was in Vegas as... I'm sure most people know from pretty much the entire week, Monday through Friday, had to hit the ground running with the Russell Westbrook trade uh, when I got back, um, did the Franchise Thunder Insider show, which you guys were all able to listen to from Saturday, and uh, my guest, um, our Monday guest that's always on the show, Mr. Chisholm Holland, is actually on vacation, so um, in addition to all that, I was a little busy myself yesterday, so apologies for those who were expecting a show on your um on your feet podcast feed, uh, but it's here now. Chisholm is kind enough to join me from his car. <laughs> um, Chisholm, are you um at a water park? What what were you doing again?
0: Yeah, I'm at a water park this afternoon. Uh, my family we have a four I have a four year old nephew, so sometimes we get to do fun family friendly activities, and so that involved the water park today. So now I'm currently sitting out in the car with the AC running, which total transparency. Is a whole lot better than sitting out in the sun at a water
1: park. Hey, I mean it's hot outside, so I mean I, I would love Absolutely. to be I would love to be at a water park, but sadly we have to podcast. But thank you so much for taking time out of your vacation to uh, be consistent. It's very very lovely that you're here, Mr. Chisholm. For sure. um, yeah, so obviously everything is kind of in flux still. Uh, the Russell Westbrook James or James Harden trade, the Russell Westbrook Chris Paul trade is still technically not official and that hasn't really stopped Houston from talking about it in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, Mike D'Antoni was on Woj's podcast where he openly talked about it, which, um, I guess that's okay. Um, Houston's owner, whose name I can't remember, um, was recently fined 25 grand for talking about it before it actually happened, apparently in some way, shape or form. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's just this weird thing where, uh, NBA trades happen. We all accept it. We all know that they're real, but uh, there are still rules that the NBA applies that only apply to front office officials. So it, it's silly, um, but I, I guess it's I guess it's important, Chisholm, to kind of reiterate that um, the trade happened. The Thunder have ideas what they want to do with Chris Paul, and I guess the main question moving forward is: Is a trade going to happen? When is it going to happen? And what do the Thunder ultimately want? And I guess before I get to you, I'll just go ahead and throw out everything that I, I believe probably is what's going on. So I think the Thunder are no um, hurry or no rush to move Chris Paul because I think they can play this both ways. They probably, per the original reporting, like the idea of having Chris Paul be a part of this team because it keeps the Thunder somewhat competitive. I mean, Chris Paul, yes, he's older and he looked pretty washed last year. But he's a guy that still moves the needle. He's he's one of the top you know, 30, 40 players, maybe in the league still. And on a team that has some young players, if you just think of Chris Paul as a veteran player, as a cerebral you know, general on the floor, that's the kind of guy that you want around young players. The problem is, is Chris Paul is kind of an asshole. <laughs> so who knows, even if the Thunder are able to keep him for at least this year, who knows what, or at least the beginning of the season. Who knows if he's a good enough soldier to want to have that um, a part of his, I guess, current situation of being a part of a rebuilding process. But um, the Thunder, I think, can just hold on to him still because of what I just said, you can still remain somewhat competitive. You can still compete for a playoff run. You're not going to be terrible with Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, Chris Paul, etc. You're not going to be the Phoenix Suns. Um, but... In terms of him being an asset in, in terms of a trade, yes, I don't think teams are banging down the door to take on Chris Paul's huge albatross of a contract just yet. But I think the Thunder really see this as, like, we still need to get assets as much as possible. And if the Thunder are able to get something in addition um, in a Chris Paul trade, that that is, just, that is just incredible. So the way I see it... If they're ever going to move Chris Paul, it's going to come at a time where teams are somewhat, I don't want to say desperate, but they're more inclined to, oh, screw it. We'll just give you something so we can get Chris Paul because we need help right now. And that would come during the season when like 10, 20 games into the year where teams kind of understand what they are and understand what they need. And if a team like the Miami Heat believe, okay, we actually do need Chris Paul, they might be more inclined at that time to give up something. So I I rambled, I I talked a little too long, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this whole Chris Paul situation.
0: Yeah, Tim Fertita, the owner of the Houston Rockets, um, is the guy that you were trying to to remember his name. He got fined $25,000 for talking about Chris Paul uh, and Russell Westbrook being swapped. That's interesting uh, because, goodness gracious, could we... Get a little bit of grace. I, Tillman Fertitta is an idiot, and I don't like him on a whole lot of different levels. And he's running the Rockets into the ground at some level.
1: He doesn't but, like luxury tax money.
0: <laughs> yeah, but my goodness, can we give the guy a break? That was—I thought that fine was a little hilarious. Anyway, but the Chris Paul trade. Um, whenever the whenever it came down, you know, on Thursday night of last week, and it was the breaking news. You know, my immediate reaction was, well, he is going to get you know, redirected to Miami or Minnesota or Detroit almost immediately, I, I thought. Now we are, I guess it would be five days, four days, past that point. I think if the Thunder act, uh, or were openly saying, we will trade you Chris Paul for expiring contracts and giving up a pick or giving up two picks, I didn't think they could get this done, the, uh, get a deal done with insert any team here tomorrow like I, I think that would that would happen quickly yeah Team, teams would be willing to take on the risk of chris paul if they were also acquiring something back obviously the thunder are not in a mode to be shipping out assets and they've never done that they've never shipped out assets just to get off of a contract they didn't do that with carmelo anthony they didn't do it with kendrick perkins I and mean, they just don't they don't do that that's not how sam Presti operates so i don't think I don't think that's going to happen. So all of the stuff coming from Miami saying they want their picks back, I'm just – I'm ruling that possibility out because I don't think Sam is going to do that. So then it comes down to is there a trade out there where they're going to either get just expiring contracts back or actually get an asset that's worth keeping? And I don't see that. So – my reaction now that enough time has passed where he wasn't flipped immediately, I assume that this Russell Westbrook trade is going to become official in the next few days. That makes me think that he's going to be on the roster on day one, and I think he's going to be there. Now, my prediction of what this season is going to look like, I think the Thunder are going to try to be as competitive as they possibly can. They're over-under in Vegas right now is 32-and-a-half. As currently constructed with Chris Paul and Danny Gallinari, and Steven Adams and SGA and Nerlens Noel and Andre Rod like all those guys, I'd pick them to win more than thirty two games.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: So I I think that there's going to be an element to where they're going to come out to start the year five hundred, maybe maybe a couple games over five hundred, and kind of I don't want to say shock people because that wouldn't shock people, but I think there's going to be you know twenty five games into the season, twenty six games into the season, they're a little bit better than people thought. And then once December 15th rolls around and people people can start trading contracts that they signed this summer, that's when I think it might make a little bit more sense for Chris Paul. For the reason that you said, But well, there could be a team out there that says Chris Paul puts us over the top. He, he's the missing piece to make this work. Or a Detroit Pistons situation with Blake Griffin where there's a general manager out there who's worried about getting fired. So they're going to throw out a Hail Mary pass. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's going to be one of the two ways. So in December, you might have a GM who's worried about keeping his job, who panics and sees Chris Paul as the thing that could save his job. And now, next thing you know, they're trading Chris Paul and expiring contracts and two first-round picks to Sam Presti, and, and Presti's laughing is laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> I, I think Chris Paul is going to be on the roster day one. Now, Chris might not like that a whole lot, but I think this team is also going to be a little bit better than Paul's anticipating.
1: Yeah. Um, I- I, I've just thought that this entire time, and especially um, when the Russell trade went down, when I was at summer league covering that at the time meaningless Thunder Portland Trail Blazers uh, game, um, I thought, okay, just like you, a third team's going to pop up. Chris is going to get moved. If that doesn't happen in the next, you know, hour, then I would. My initial gut reaction was, yeah, he's probably going to be on the rostered uh, game game one. Moving forward, uh, especially after Woj t- um, tweeted out that the Thunder actually plan on keeping him, they 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 like the prospect of him being on this team, and it makes sense. You want to remain competitive to a degree. You, you um, this is too small of a market. Um, it, it's it's unclear whether or not the market could uh, basically show up and sh- and show out for a team that is as bad as the Phoenix Suns. Um, that, that that's that's not. Specifically for Oklahoma City. That's every market not named LA, New York. Um, That's just the reality of the situation. Um, But especially with Chris Paul, um, yes, similar contract to Russell Westbrook. I I get all that. I'm just, I just really like, I I really like the situation that Sam Presti has put himself in just because, like we've kind of talked about, he could slow play this as long as he can. And I feel like the longer he holds out, the better the return will be. Now, you're not going to get that much of a return, but as it stands right now, I mean, all these um, reports of hypothetical trades for Chris Paul, it's just, you know, trash. People don't want to give anything up, and that's also kind of the right mentality to have if you're an opposing front office. But at some point when basketball is actually starting uh, starts, people get a little bit more desperate, like I said. Um, things become more clear to uh, weaknesses on the roster, uh, weaknesses in leadership. Uh, maybe there's an injury to some team that hasn't even been mentioned, and the prospect of Chris Paul joining that roster seems more, I guess, more enjoyable to that front office, and then they would be more inclined to like just be more desperate and say, "Here, just take this and this." I am just of the opinion that the Thunder should not trade anything, anything out, like just. Anything outside of a Patrick Patterson, you know, to like throw in for contract reasons, which doesn't make sense because Chris Paul's contract is huge on its own. Um, Even the Denver pick, which I've heard reported a lot, like not necessarily reported, but people just kind of theorizing, okay, well, if you're going to give up one draft pick, give up that Denver one. I feel like every draft pick is so valuable for this franchise. So, um, I mean, if the Thunder were able to, if the Thunder had to give up Chris Paul, I mean, would you be disappointed in the job Sam Presti has done if he ends up giving away a draft pick?
0: Um, Disappointed, no, um, because on some level that's part of the situation. Now, I do disagree with you on one thing. I think they should start the season with Chris Paul because, to your point, I, I think there's going to be some gaining value as the season goes on because some team out there is going to feel that they're close or that they're not close and they need to get close, and maybe Chris Paul can be that guy. I do think that you don't want to keep him on the roster the whole year. I don't think you want to take this all the way to the deadline or past the deadline yeah. in the next summer because I, I think there is going to be an element of Chris Paul is not, is not going to want to be a part of a rebuilding team. So in the short term in the interim, you tell Chris, "Hey, come out here and play 20 really good games, show people that you you've got it figured out, and then you can sit until December 15th or something." Like that makes sense. But having him possibly be an issue, you know, in late April when all these guys, when all of a sudden Diallo and SGA are starting because those guys need the reps in April, like that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know if I would walk this too far, and you very well could be right, his value could get better as time goes on. I would try to just walk him, basically go two months, three months into the season and then get that deal done as quickly as possible, show he's healthy, show Chris Paul is going to be able to play on some level, and then flip him then, because I just don't think there's enough of a market right now, but, I mean, the, the all the stuff about Chris being a bad teammate, or all that, I buy into all that stuff, there's just too many examples of superstars or other teammates not liking Chris Paul, all the way from the excellence of James Harden and Blake Griffin, down to the bottom tier guys like Austin Rivers, who have just despised Chris Paul, so like, there's something to that I don't know if you want him around a locker room of a bunch of young guys for very long.
1: No, I, I mean I think you're exactly right. Um, I mean, and we've seen this is kind of like a twofold thing, because we've seen front offices absolutely crater when a star player and Chris Paul is not necessarily a star player in the league anymore, but he's a star name. We've seen front offices crater the second that their star players have shown public. Disinterest in playing for their team. I mean, you go back to the Anthony Davis thing, how that was kind of botched, and New Orleans just kind of luckily turned this thing, this bad situation, into a really good situation because LA's front office is a little silly, and they got lucky in the draft, the draft lottery. And then you look at Sam Presti, who uh, Paul George requests a trade, even though he's still under contract for a season or a season or two, and he doesn't even try to. I guess, negotiate... No, 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 no. like, like, let's hold on. We've got a few more years left. He just goes, okay, I don't want there to be this kind of locker room controversy. I don't want the the New Orleans thing to happen to me, so I'm going to try and turn this into a good situation as quickly as I can. So there's going to be that angle. Chris Paul is typically a good soldier um, to the media. Whether or not he would be a good soldier um, facing this reality, um, I don't know. Now, Sam Presti... Has The Thunder's front office, um, and I know a lot of people probably don't want to hear this right now, the Thunder's front office does have a quite a good reputation with a lot of the league, whether that just be with their agents or a lot of players. You always hear, whenever guys come here through a trade, through a buyout, you always hear how this is a first-class organization, uh, they take care of their players, all those things. So I have no doubt that if Chris Paul is on the roster uh, for Game 1, I think early on he will be as bought in as he possibly can be. Now, to what you were saying, yeah, I don't know if uh, two months, three months into the season, he's still bought in. And at that point, I think that's when you need to move off of him because the <laughs> other part of this is kind of what you said. Oh, one second. Classic dogs. That um, <laughs> was mean bark. You will never heard a bark like that. <laughs> There's probably a cat outside or an wow. intruder <laughs> of some type. But the the other part is Do you remember
0: that time that you got your house got broken into live on a podcast. Oh my!
1: <laughs> <laughs> like oh, special guest this thief. Um, special anyway. guest is a burglar. <laughs> uh, now the other side of this is what you talked about as well. Is I I don't I don't if I am the Thunder, I don't want to have Shea Gilgis Alexander come off the bench, and I also don't want to put him at the two guard position because I've seen that kind of talked about on Twitter, how you can just move him to the two. Because um, Shea is in a very sensitive situation right now. He's a second-year player. He really showed out as a rookie um, um, point guard for the Clippers where he started the vast majority of their games. And towards as the season progressed, he got better and better and better. One, you don't, as a young player, you don't want to be losing too much. You don't want to be Devin Booker where all you know is losing because who knows how that plays into your mentality as a player. Two, you don't want to be out of position early on in your career because it could teach you bad habits. And three, if you're coming off the bench for a guy in Chris Paul who starts to show his public disinterest in playing here it just wears on everybody and Chris Paul already wears on so many players that he's played with over the years. So it's such a sensitive situation that like th- this is where it really comes down to Sam Presty and how good he is at motivating a player to like, I know this isn't the typical situation that you want, but just bear with me. I will work with you um, in the meantime, be a good soldier. So like, it's such a sensitive situation where so much can go wrong, but um, I think in the last week and a half or two, you can at least give Presti the, uh, the benefit of the doubt in that because he had, so m- he had two situations that could have been terrible for this franchise, and he turned it into um, the best possible scenario for them moving forward. Yeah,
0: yeah, he did. And if people want to go out there and make the case that doing right by Russell Westbrook shouldn't have been a concern of the team, like you've done everything that you possibly could for 11 years, you gave him the Supermax contract, Like, you've been over backwards for him at every single point, and now here you are, not only fulfilling his trade demand, but sending him to the team that he wanted to go. I I get that argument. I feel like Sam Presti just made the decision in the moment, we're going to try to do right by Russell. So if you take that whole stuff out of consideration, not that it was right, wrong, or indifferent, but that it's just a given, I I just don't know how he could have done much better Um, as far as the two picks and the two pick swaps. Like, just getting assets – um, and I actually saw this really hilarious graphic a few days ago on Twitter, where it was it said the Houston Russell Westbrook trade, and it was all the stuff that Houston traded for Chris Paul, plus the picks that they gave up.
1: Yeah. And, you know,
0: and they traded all of that for Russell Westbrook. And when you look at it, a list like that, you're like, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Houston's all over the place um, because it's got like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, like guys who are good players, and then like four first round picks. Um, But, I mean, Sam Presti did a good job here. Now, I don't think the job is done. Uh, I know a lot of people have praised him for the trade of Russell Westbrook by getting him where he wants to go. I get all that. I, I really do feel like, yes, he got more assets. That's a great thing. He has another contract that he could potentially flip for more or the same amount or just expirings at, like, when people are upset about the idea of just flipping for expiring contracts, I don't know how you don't see that as a positive because that's not an asset acquisition as far as a draft pick or a young player. But cap space is an asset if yeah. you're getting that for the next three years. So, like, that matters too. If he can do that, then this trade suddenly looks awesome and it looks incredible. But if he gets a malcontent Chris Paul in the middle of March – who's on this team and he's causing havoc and SGA is having to come off the bench and there's in it, it's this whole thing where he's, where the, the growth is being stunted by the situation in Oklahoma city. That's not going to age well. So while so far he couldn't have done much better as far as the trade he made, it's still not done. If in April, Brady, you and I are sitting here talking about, well, what do you think they can get for Chris Paul this summer? I think that's really going to be a, a, a bruise or a black mark on this trade because I just don't think they want him around this team long-term.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. And I guess real quick before we get on to Sam Presti uh, Presti a little bit further, um, we we don't really need to give this that much time because Stephen A. Smith was on ESPN saying how um, the Thunder could potentially buy out Chris Paul. That's not going to happen.
0: Wait, wait, they can do that? Why don't they just do that, Brady? (laughs) They should just buy him out and then he's gone for free, right? Like it just goes away, wipes away, never happened.
1: It it won't happen. It won't happen from Chris Paul's angle because he's got a few years left and a lot of money on the table. And it won't happen from the Thunder's perspective because I don't think that you can actually do that. I don't think you can buy somebody out at such a low percentage of their the money that they're owed and have that be on your on your books, right? Well, I
0: mean, you 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 negotiate a contract buyout just like you negotiate a contract. Yeah. So they decide this is how much money we're going to pay you. You have to. Double the length of the contract plus a year. So he has three years left, so they have to pay him out over seven years. <laughs> and what, Whatever number they agreed to. And he's owed, I think, at the top of my head, sitting in a car in a swimsuit. I think it's like $117 million, I think, or somewhere around in there. He's owed, he's owed a lot of money. Chris Paul is not giving up that money. So they're going to buy him out somewhere close to that. So do you really want $20 million of dead cap for the next seven years on your books? No, that's ridiculous. That makes no sense. It's a waste of time. Stephen A. Smith, I appreciate how far he's gotten in his career. There, And people who get mad at him. Obviously, he does his job well enough because here you and I are talking about him on a podcast. But that was just a ludicrous thing. If you see any of that on Twitter, just ignore it. They're not buying out Chris Paul. And he's not waving his third year either. That's <laughs> stupid.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think people just kind of find themselves in this situation where, you know, we've seen this happen. We're kind of an aged superstar who could still make an impact on a playoff contender on a championship level team. Uh, gets traded to a team that he doesn't want to be a part of, like a team that's kind of on the lower end of the pecking order in some conference, typically how that happens, uh, what happens then is that player gets bought out and they go to a team that they're choosing to go pl- playoff contend. The problem is, is Chris Paul has a lot of money and a few years left on his deal. This isn't an Andre Iguodala situation. This isn't even a Carmelo Anthony situation. He was on the final year of his deal. That's why it was more, more real. This is probably more akin to a Josh Smith situation where the Pistons are still... Freaking paying the guy to That's what I was going to Play in the big 3. We see,
0: buyouts, we see buyouts all the time. We see multi-year buyouts every so often. I mean, the Spurs did it with Pau Gasol just I mean this just last year. Like it happens every so often. But my god.
1: <laughs> it's like fun.
0: this would be this would be uncharted waters. Uncharted waters. That is, that is just it's hilarious that someone propose that because that just means they just don't understand how it works which is fine like there's a whole lot of things about this league that I don't understand and there's a lot of people people who are a lot smarter than I am but man that is that is quite the take and he's not waiving his third year either to go to Miami because I've seen that floated by not only national people but also some local people that's not happening he's not waiving 44 million dollars so he can go play in Miami that is that zero point zero zero percent chance of happening
1: Absolutely not. Um, And I guess now we will transition a little bit more into Sam Presti, Chisholm, because you and I actually had a little bit of a conversation off air on Saturday morning uh, during the Franchise Thunder Insider Show just about Sam Presti overall, not necessarily what he's been able to accomplish in the last week and a half, mainly his whole career. And I agree with you. like His job is not done yet, and he can get all the draft picks that he can possibly get. And that's cool and it's optimistic, and it gives fans hope, and I understand that. The problem is going to be um, we're not going to know how good of a job Sam Presti did until these draft picks are a drafted. B. We find out where those picks are, and C. What do these guys do in the NBA? Like draft picks are cool, but at this point, they're they kind of mean like they're just crap. Be, it, it just doesn't matter. Um, so, I actually just wanted to bring that conversation onto the podcast because. It seemed like you were of the opinion that Sam Presti has. Maybe I don't want to put uh, words into your mouth, but I'll just I'll try and say like what I kind of came away with. He's done. I don't know if he's done more wrong than good in his career, according to you, or if the wrong things that he did were so bad and so much larger than pretty much all the good things that he did um, overall. Is is that right?
0: Well, no, 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 Uh, because that makes. if I am an owner of a team, Sam Presti might be my first phone call to be my general manager. And I, I'm not, like, he might be, it's like him, Danny Ainge, man, and then after that, I don't know, because I don't know how good, you know, Golden State's Golden State, so I don't know how much credit I want to give him.
1: Masai after. Ujiri.
0: Masai Ujiri, yes. say it's like, so I mean, he is so far in the upper echelon, like, he is just a given. He is great. My thing with Sam Presti, and I tried to, do my best to explain it to you in the the three minute commercial breaks that we have and this is a much larger topic of a question <laughs> is that sam presti is like russell westbrook and i know that sounds hilarious but hear me out he's like russell westbrook in the fact that people either think that he is god said or he's the reason that thunder never won a title and there's no middle ground and i think in large part fans get upset with Sam Presti on some level. Now, a ton of fans don't. A ton of fans think he's the best general manager in the league and on some level, rightfully so. But there are fans who are upset with Sam Presti because, you know, the three MVPs thing, he had Paul George, he got Carmelo Anthony, the Steven Adams contract, this just list a whole bunch of things that he's messed up on, and they just rail on him. Or the people who say, yeah, yeah, but he drafted all of those MVPs, he kept Oklahoma City relevant for 11 years, he got Paul George out of nowhere, and that's all true, too. I think uh, – here's here's why I just don't understand the conversation with Sam Presti. Because I truly believe he is not – if he's not the greatest general manager in the league, my God, he is up there on the short list. But he has skills that he's just not the best at. And so I think on some level, this team is going to hit a point where if you wanted to make the case – and I would I don't know if I personally would, but if someone made the case, I don't know if I could just vehemently disagree with them, that this team might hit a, 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 a point – and their growth, where Sam Presti might not be the guy anymore. And here's what I mean: Sam Presti is right now he's the best in the league at drafting in the lottery. Now, granted, he hasn't had any chances in a long time. But if we're just going off percentage basis, my God, Brady, can you think of anyone better at drafting in the lottery? I can't.
1: Yeah, um, you're exactly right. If you if you're building a team from scratch with a few like a few to a lot of draft assets, yeah, like Sam Presti is going to be the guy that is on the short list of guys that you want in that situation. That's all exactly true. Now I say this with the full knowledge and understanding that the likelihood that Sam Presti drafts three consecutive MVPs is slim to none. That just doesn't happen. That just, it's probably never going to happen again. I'm going to go ahead and
0: report right now, live on the podcast that Sam Presti in 2027 did not draft three consecutive MVPs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's going to, it's going to suck for you when he drafts four. Um, yeah, Lamelo, Bronny, <laughs> Sharif O'Neal. Oh man, yeah, it's they're coming. Zaire
0: Wade? Is it Zaire Wade? Yes. Yeah. Zaire oh, Wade.
1: oh man, Dwayne Wade's son in Oklahoma City. I'd be a happy camper. I'm um, sure you no, like I, I understand all that, but again, but
0: so, I guess my point is is that he's probably the best in the league at drafting. He is. I, he's not Sam hinky level of like ruthless in trades where he's just obliterating people. But my, I mean, he he does win every single trade out of this one glaring one that people bring up all the time. I mean, he wins every single trade. He's probably the best in the at drafting in the lottery and he's really great at drafting in the 20s. And cuz he bats about 50% and that is a lot higher than a lot of people. Exactly. He's really really good at this great. And this is where you and this is the part where you and I disagreed on is that you said, you know, people like Kevin Durant left, Paul Gasol didn't want to come here and at some point it's just out of his hands what other people do, which on some level, I do agree with you, but a part of his job is recruitment. Like, that's a part of your job as a general manager. And to say that he can't recruit like other general managers in small markets who've had success, like Cleveland, in part because of LeBron James, but he was the general manager, or in Toronto, like Masai Ujiri, who's gotten some great role players, some drafted, some free agents, like, I think that's fair criticism, and this is still me saying he might be the best general manager in the league. But anytime that someone brings up, and I know there's extreme people who just rail on him, and I'm not trying to be that guy. So anytime that you bring up, hey, Sam Presti doesn't didn't do this well, that people say, whoa, 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 whoa that's not totally fair. And I think it's fair. Now this again, it's not me railing on the guy saying that he needs to be canned. I just say, I think there's there's parts of him that isn't perfect. Just like Russell Westbrook is a superstar, he's a great player, he's a top 20 player in the league, but there's parts of his game that aren't per- And so that's why I'm saying he's like Russell Westbrook because people are so hot or so cold on him that if I sit here and try to tell you he's one of the best general managers in the league, but on some level, Paul Gasol not signing here, uh, Kevin Durant not re-signing, And not being able to bring in marquee free agents on some level is partially his fault. People take that as just negative criticism on Sam Presti. And I think that you're you're getting a little too close to the, the guy can do nothing wrong mentality. And I think we need to straddle that. And I think the worst people about that, and I'm sorry to say, is the media. Like, I think we in the media are the worst about just saying Sam Presti is either a villain or he can't do anything wrong. And so I just think you need to be open to the idea that he does have some responsibility. So overall point is in five or six years if this team is back in title contention and some people out there are saying well we've already seen Sam Presti try to cash in the chips before and he didn't do it I don't know if I would agree with the thought process of moving on from Sam Presti I'd probably tell you that's a mistake but I could see their argument I could see their argument has Sam Presti did a great job in 2016 getting that team to the Western Conference Finals absolutely and he dra- he got guys like Dion Waiters, he got guys like Ennis Cantor on low contracts, but he also took other swings and missed. And he didn't do the recruiting portion. Now the the other part of this is obviously Russell Westbrook played a huge part of the recruitment, and by that I mean not doing it for a long time. Um, you know, he very adamantly came out and said he doesn't recruit players; that's not what he does. And so um, that plays a role too, because in other small markets, the superstars are helping bring guys in, and Russell, up until Paul George, wasn't doing that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a factor, too. But all I'm saying is that Sam Presti can be the best general manager in the league but struggle at convincing people to come play in Oklahoma City. And now if you're out there saying, well, it's Oklahoma City. What do you want him to do? You're like, Well, he knew that when he took the job. He was aware that he was coming to be the general manager of Oklahoma City slash Seattle when he took the job. He knew he wasn't moving to Los Angeles. So he knew that was going to be a factor. And I'm not saying he needs to go get a marquee free agent every summer. But at this point, his biggest signing is Patrick Patterson. Like, you know, unrestricted from another team free agent. Now, Paul George resigned, and people are going to point to that. I get that. That feels a little bit more like Russell Westbrook, which me, which might be me giving too much credit to Russell and not enough to Sam. Both those guys deserve credit in that. But as far as a guy from another team who they had no contact with during the season, and now he's available and he signs with them on March 1st. I'm sorry, so sorry. On July 1st, Patrick Patterson is their biggest name. This- like On some level, he deserves a little bit of criticism for that. But... A little bit of criticism again doesn't mean he's not the best general manager in the league. He he can be flawed, be the just best general manager in the league, and still not be perfect. And I think we're we're treading this line where we're starting to think Sam Presti is perfect at his job, when I think there are some things that he struggles with.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's fine to have to have that take of like he's flawed and he might maybe there's like he gets to a point where um like. If you think about a GM's job in terms of a rebuilding mode, when you are starting from scratch, he's probably very comfortable at talent evaluation, drafting high in the lottery, building a team up from scratch. He's probably that's probably where he's the most comfortable, where he can flex his wings the most. Um, and
0: that's where most general managers are most comfortable. So, exactly. I mean,
1: like, yeah, and the then most they...
0: people want to rebuild. So great on Sam because he's the best at what most general managers want to do
1: yeah and then maybe he gets to a point where okay, you've drafted talent they've they've developed they're now like high end level players you're now a playoff contender you're now contending for a conference championship and then the next step is a is a champ is an overall championship maybe that's where he gets a little bit i don't want to say unsure of himself but that's where some of the more um, more mistakes or he's more prone to mistakes uh more prone to like swinging and missing you know as you're saying and so before I go a little further, I'll backtrack just a tad. The whole thing with Sam Presti and the Thunder's, you know, their whole mo has been sustained success. And if you look, if you look at the last eleven years with that lens, they did exactly that. And with the draft assets that they've accrued over the last week and a half, they have set themselves up to continue that sustained success. Now they might have a little bit of a bump in the road this year, the following season, and perhaps the third year, uh, but they at least give themselves the hope that they can still continue that sustained success. If you look at it from the perspective of championships, they absolutely failed. Sam Presti failed in these 11 years, if you look at it that way. And with the talent that they had, like we all know the talent that they had, um, he, he failed. And when you think about, well, when Kevin Durant left, the Thunder's championship window kind of got slammed shut. And that's not on Sam Presti what Kevin Durant decides to do. Yeah, that, that, that's fair but the Thunder's plan B should not have just been, okay, we have to keep Russell Westbrook, because even then, the cupboard was bare. Um, they had some players. They had Victor Oladipo. That, like, that was not sufficient enough of a plan B. It was in terms of keeping the fan base energized, giving the fan base hope in some respects. Overall, that's a failure. But we're all disagree with you, um, I guess, overall, Chisholm, moving forward. I just don't know because the whole thing about free agents choosing not to come here when the thunder had Kevin Durant and Russell, Westbrook, when they were competing for championships, I, I understand that it's his job to recruit, but the way that I see like NBA teams, uh championship level teams, like there are patterns, certain guys, high end level role players will go ring chase with established stars and guys that have already won championships. Now, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, they were established stars. But for one reason or another, you know, an injury here, a bad season there due to injury, and then not winning the championship in 2012, they hadn't won a ring yet. So the Shane Battiers, the Mike Millers, the um, Paul Gasols, they probably looked at Oklahoma City and saw, yes, it's not a f- fabulous market to play in, but they have talent. I'll give them a, a look. And at the end of the day, a lot of those guys chose to play with LeBron James on a team that was in completely stacked in Miami because it just made more sense for them because, okay, that's I'm hedging my bet. They're probably going to win a cha- That gives me a better chance to win a championship. The problem with the Thunder in that 11-year span, I felt, was just they never got over that hump. Now, you could also look at it as who's the point guard or what kind of offense do they run, and it was isolation ball dominant between two guys. And high-end level role players don't want to go, go to a, a situation... And just defend and get two or three opportunities to shoot. That's what Anthony Mar. That's what happened with Anthony Morrow. He came here, and even in an injury-plagued year, he would go games where he would shoot once or twice a game. Mike Miller doesn't want to do that at that point in his career. Shane Battier doesn't want to do that at his point in at that point in his career. So the hope is, moving forward, if Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander is your guy, and by all means, he probably is, and if he becomes a guy. You just hope that he plays to a style that's more conducive to ball movement, to all the things that the Thunder has told us have told us they want to play, but they weren't able to do because they married Russell Westbrook. And I understand why they married Russell Westbrook. So I guess overall what I'm trying to say is, yes, we agree. Presti is the guy that you want for this situation right now. You just hope that the players that he drafts, are more conducive to team style of basketball so that high-end level role players, if they get to that point in a few years where they're a championship contender again, if they get to that point, you just hope that the playing style is more conducive and attractive to high-end level role players to want to come here because of the inherent flaws of being a small market.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Again, my overall my, my thought is, is just in the summertime, we've heard all the names that Sam Presti went after and all the guys – and to, to my knowledge, the best one, again, I guess if you want to say Anthony Morrow, it might be Anthony Morrow, or it could be Patrick Patterson, or maybe Nino Kerstich.
1: It's it's Patrick Patterson. At the time, we all said Patrick Patterson was a better signing than Anthony Morrow.
0: Yeah, so I, I just, I, the the hardened trade is a very easy black mark to point to, and I, I, I get that's totally overplayed. I think, again, if you're picking nits, if you're getting really, really specific, because Sam Preston does his job so freaking well, that you have to really look. If you're going to pick another one, I think that would be an easy one to pick. Not that he needs to get a big guy, get a big name every summer, but for to be there 11 years and the biggest name is Patrick Patterson, I just think that's a little bit of a stretch. Now, again, that's me not counting Paul George as a, a free agent signing. By technicality, he is, and so I know people are going to be upset with that, but that's just my two cents.
1: No, I mean, I think it's fair. Um, I think a lot of it just kind of comes into just the situation, and sometimes... You get married to a situation, not necessarily because of how you philosophically want to play basketball or build a basketball team. It's just kind of out of necessity. And I feel like the Russell Westbrook experience, and I don't mean to kind of crap on Russell Westbrook as he's walking out the door. He was great for this team. He was great for the state of Oklahoma. And he's going to be an iconic Hall of Fame basketball player when when it's all said and done. But you have to marry that playing style if you're the Thunder. You have to go completely 100% all in, and that's going to keep you from that's, that's going to give you a ceiling, as we've seen. And so I don't think that that's too hot of a take. But again, the hope for the Thunder is they remain somewhat consistent, they remain somewhat competitive, they get some good draft picks, and Shea becomes the guy. And I guess at this point, July 16th, that's kind of where we stand. But Chisholm, I've kept you from your swimming spectacular day for far too long, so I, I'm going to let you uh, go have some fun.
0: Okay, hold the wait. One quick... Now, I apologize. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I'll do it. I'm looking online. All I've seen win totals from Vegas slowly leak out, but I have not seen a complete list until now. There were some teams that were missing. Right now, Vegas is predicting that the Thunder will have the sixth pick in the NBA draft. Do you like that? Do you think that's too high, too low?
1: I don't even... How can you even predict that with the way the lottery is now did anybody predict that the lakers would have the third pick or the knicks wouldn't have the first pick or like did i don't know um
0: i think people
1: people knew they were gonna suck yeah that's true (laughs) i don't i I really don't know because again i'm of the opinion that chris paul is going to be on the roster game one and even if he's here, even if he's with Oklahoma City for just a few months, the Thunder probably win a respectable amount of games. I mean, they're not going to blow, blow the doors open, win six, seven games in a row at some point. But they have talent on this roster. They have enough talent to compete. Um, I don't know. It really just depends on how quickly the uh, teardown happens. If the teardown takes a few more months... I think they have higher than a than the six pick. If the teardown happens by trading Chris Paul and somebody else or whatever, maybe a Dennis Schroeder away tomorrow, then the sixth pick becomes a reality.
0: Okay. All right. Well, just for context, the Sacramento Kings have a three win. The Sacramento and Minnesota both are projected to win three more games in Oklahoma City, which I don't know. That's
1: that, shock that the Sacramento thing's shocking. Minnesota's trying to lose. Yeah
0: yeah there you go well so take that consideration oh, congratulations welcome to see thunder apparently going to get to the sixth pick in the draft
1: yay I can't wait to watch more college basketball this year than I have in the last few years it's going to be so exciting I'll leave that job up to you <laughs> well Chisholm thank you so much for jumping on the pod brother You'll, you go have fun I will, I will. I appreciate you guys thank you Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Once again, uh, thanks to Chisholm Holland for jumping on. Uh, we will be back. Probably we'll take Wednesday off since we just recorded today um, with Madison. Probably do that on Thursday. And then, of course, we will be on the air Saturday morning from 10 to noon. I don't know who's going to be on that show. I mean, I, I guess I will. I don't know if it's going to be Chisholm. I don't know if it's going to be Madison. I don't know if Jerry or John are going to take the day off. Who knows? But We will find out on Saturday, but everybody, once again, thanks for listening to the OKC82 Podcast. For Mr. Chisholm Holland, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good rest of your day.